0: Hey, what's up, everybody? It is the Flex Talk podcast with Lex and the B Man, Brian. Brian, how are you doing today?
1: Lex, I am doing fantastic today. And I've started out podcasts like this before, but I just want to let the audience know I'm excited for this weekend. I've got myself a nice, well deserved cheat meal ready to go on Saturday night. I am a Wahlburger <laughs> super fan. And I am having a Wahlburgers burger on Saturday night. So that doesn't really go with our topic today. So everybody just forget I said that. But I just wanted to share that with the the audience. How was
0: the quesadilla that we talked about the other week?
1: The quesadilla was fantastic. If you are anywhere near southeastern Wisconsin, you have to go get the quesadilla at Maddie's. I really feel like he should be a sponsor for us for how much I like that quesadilla. It was amazing. Shout
0: out to Maddie's. We're going to tag you in this podcast. Take a listen just the beginning part. And then uh, you can tag yourself into it and shoot us some sponsorship dollars. How's that
1: sound? All right. That sounds like a good plan.
0: All right. So high level habits to make you more fit, healthier and happier. Um, We're going to break it down for you. These things that you can do in your life to make you healthier, happier and more fit in your lifestyle. Brian, you think good, good topic today. You think the people are really going to be enjoying us talking about uh, how to make them more fit, healthier and happier.
1: Of course. What a great topic. And, you know, now that we've been a little bit more of a lifestyle podcast these days, we've kind of gotten out of our fitness roots a little bit for the last three to four weeks. So I'm really excited to go back to this. And I don't think we can ever talk enough about health and fitness and wellness. So I think this is going to be a really good one. And I hope the audience enjoys it today.
0: You're talking to one of the most high level uh, people in these industries right now. And that's Brian, the B-man and Lex here. So we just want to make sure that you guys are. Uh, Really honing in on your fitness and your health and your goals and making sure that you're living the best version of you as you continue to age. Now, we want to talk about sleep, number one, uh, to make you healthier, happier, and more fit. Sleep, are you getting enough sleep? Do you feel like sleep is important, Brian? You personally, are you getting enough sleep uh, in your daily routine?
1: Yeah, sleep is obviously incredibly important, and and that's been shown just in every study imaginable, just in in terms of how it affects your cognitive ability, how it affects your energy, etc. You know, for me personally, Lex, you're asking if I get enough sleep. The answer is yes, and I think it's such a, a subjective answer because I feel like enough sleep is different for so many people. Um, Lex, I don't know if you've heard this. Have you heard the stories about Donald Trump, uh, former President Trump, that he supposedly only sleeps about three to four hours a night? Have you heard this? No. So supposedly he only gets about three to four hours of sleep. And regardless of politics, we don't want to get into whether we agree or disagree with him, but he was able to maintain an incredible amount of energy while campaigning and running for office. So the question is, how much sleep is enough sleep? And I feel like that can differ for everybody. But the one thing for me that I can say is I have figured it out to a point where uh, I do feel that I get enough. And the big thing for me is just routine. I've noticed there are certain things that I can do in the evening that will keep me awake. And then there are certain things that I'll do in the evening that can definitely make me more tired. So I'd be interested to hear some of you know your strategies too, Lex. One of the things that I know for sure If I start reading a book, a physical book, that's going to make me tired. And that is usually a really good way to wind down. And then the thing that's going to be the opposite for me is if I'm watching some kind of a video or a movie or listening to music, especially something stimulating, that's going to have the opposite effect. So I've kind of learned in the evening. That's a really, really good time to read and wind down. Um, That's that for me has been a pretty good strategy Uh, what about yourself? Do you feel like you get enough sleep? Do you have any tips or tricks for the audience on, on how you like to wind down in the evening?
0: Never. I never feel like I get enough. sleep. Uh But but when you have a family and you own your own business and a lot of things going on, you always, you know, you want to have a good, happy life, work-life balance. You want to spend enough time with your children. You want to spend enough time on your work. You want to make sure that you're investing an equal amount of uh, time on both ends. And that's going to differ for most people. Some people spend way too much time on their work and less time on their family and they kind of need to take a step back. And, and the other one is you're spending too much time on your leisure activities and not enough time on your work and then that suffers. So really find a balance that's going to work for you. Everybody's different. Uh, we have no say in whatever every other family does. Uh, whatever works for them probably works for them and what works for me works for me. And you can just take you know whatever you may from from each of our stories. So for me, getting six hours of sleep Uh, is sufficient. Uh, Sometimes getting five hours of sleep is sufficient. I feel like I can go on with my day, be pretty active and happy. And um, I'm all about customer service. So if I feel like that's lacking, then I need to take a step back and make sure that I'm getting enough sleep. Prioritizing sleep is super important, uh, especially with the younger, the youth. I train a lot of teenage kids that are in high school right now. They're all worried about creatine and they're all worried about uh, the next best supplement. Um, I'm focused on, hey, are you getting enough sleep? Most importantly, because you're not going to be able to grow, you're not going to be able to recover, and you're not going to have those high-intensity workouts if you're not getting an adequate amount of sleep.
1: Lex, I was thinking maybe you could speak on this for a second. When we talk about sleep, obviously, that's a great time for the body to recover in many different ways. Um, can you speak a little bit for people that are listening now that are into weight training and lifting? When you're, when you're lifting and you're basically destroying your muscle fibers during those workouts, and then they need to be repaired, they need to build to grow— How important is it to have sleep, good sleep, for the recovery? Because I feel like most people think once they're lifting weights, it's almost like they think the growth happens immediately, but it actually is when you're sleeping, right?
0: Yeah, I mean, the pump that you feel in the gym, that's the inflammation you're getting from breaking your muscle tissue down in the gym. So we have to be able to recover. The real growth process begins when your body is able to sleep and recover and reset. Uh, Your body's natural healing process allow you to put on muscle more efficiently and adequately. So if you want to be lean, you want to burn fat, you want to get the body of your dreams, it all starts as the recovery aspect and that's getting enough sleep.
1: Yeah, that's really good advice. One thing that I keep hearing a lot these days, I have multiple friends that use it, is melatonin. And it's not something that I've used specifically, but I know multiple people in my life that really swear by it and say that it really helps them and so I have multiple uh, reviews of people that like it. The other thing that I always hear too is tea. I have a, a particular family member I think that that uses the chamomile tea as kind of a good way to, to wind down. Um, are there any other supplements or any other things you can think of, Lex, that uh, either you use or family uses that that you know are good for kind of helping to wind down or maybe to help with sleep in general.
0: I've heard of those two melatonin and uh, I've also heard of the teas like you were mentioning earlier. Uh, But L-tryptophan is an amino acid that's found in turkey. You ever see when you go to Thanksgiving, you feel kind of a snooze coming on because you're consuming so much turkey that turkey has that amino acid in it, which makes the body naturally a little bit more uh, drowsy. So L-tryptophan is amino acid that I I believe that you can buy and then you can consume that as well. So, or you can just eat a bunch of turkey, whatever, whatever suits your, your lifestyle more.
1: Yeah, more Thanksgiving dinners. Can't complain with that, right? That's That works for me. Uh, yeah,
0: so getting enough sleep is super important. Making sure that you're supplementing correctly. Uh, and if you need to aid yourself with melatonin, I believe melatonin is a hormone that's naturally made in the body. Uh, you're just giving yourself more of that. Um, always go by the suggested amount of use uh, just so you don't feel like you're getting used to it. Um, my, I'm just like... I'm worried about putting something in my body that my body's not used to. And I don't want to like ruin that pattern of sleep that I have going on right now. So that's always been a worry for me. Um, But if it works for you, obviously, it's not habit forming. They always say that. So um, just go by the suggested use. And I think a little bit of aid might do you some good.
1: Yeah, definitely. And one other thing I'll mention to the audience, this might be helpful while we're on the sleep topic, is I've, I've read a lot of people in the fitness industry over the years talking about eating in the evening. And when you consume carbohydrates in the evening, how that tends to make you a little bit more tired. When I've experienced uh, when I've experimented with low carbohydrate type eating, I actually noticed it affected my sleep greatly. Um, Lex, I know you and I were talking about that last year, how I was having trouble with sleeping. And it was while I was doing a little bit more of a a ketogenic type diet. I have noticed when I eat more carbohydrates in the evening. It does tend to make me more tired um so that's another thing that i've seen over the years and i've experimented with is you know if you can get in a little snack before bed something small that does tend to help with um you know blood sugar and dropping your blood sugar levels and making you a little bit sleepier so i would also throw that out there as well
0: yeah you got to be careful when you're consuming that many carbohydrates and sugars at night because you're going to wake up lethargic you're spiking your blood sugars as you go through the sleep patterns So when you wake up feeling drowsy and groggy and just angry, it's probably because you had too many carbs and sugars right before you went to bed. Um, And from a calorie standpoint, uh, that's not going to matter too much. You want to make sure that you're obviously in a calorie deficit if you're trying to lose weight. But from a feeling standpoint and how you feel, you want to make sure to avoid those heavy carbs and heavy sugars before you go to bed.
1: So as like if a client was coming to you, Lex, and said, hey, I'm looking for a late night snack. Um, You know, I always feel like I'm hungry before I go to bed. You know, you know, can I just eat a bunch of ice cream before I go to bed or is there something else that I should be doing? What, what, what might be some good tips for people listening uh, that would be a good late night snack, um, but not necessarily ice cream or something like that?
0: You can have ice cream if you want to be overweight and lethargic. In the morning. <laughs> That's fine. Uh, but no, if you want to be if want to feel a little bit more uh, uh, better in the morning, I would always suggest almond butter at night. That helps regulate your blood sugar uh, throughout the evening. So a little bit of almond butter snack. Um, something that's not heavy sugar, heavy carbohydrates, and you should be on your way. High protein, high protein, shoot for the protein
1: really good advice. And for everybody listening right now, really good idea is to really take some time and think about what are some things that you're doing at night. Let's say you're a person who doesn't get um, very good sleep. This is a really good opportunity to take some inventory and say, okay, what are the things that I'm doing in the evening that are causing me to stay awake? Um, It might be a stress thing, which we're going to get to pretty soon, where you think too much in the evening. So is there something you can do in the evening to take your mind off of the stresses of the day, to take your mind off of what's going on at work? Maybe that's getting lost in a book. Maybe that's getting lost in a podcast. Um, maybe it's taking your eyes off the screen and looking at your phone constantly or your right. iPad. So take a moment and just say, OK, what are some things? Maybe I'll go check out that melatonin. Maybe I'll I'll take Lex's suggestion and try some almond butter. Um, so take some inventory. This is a good thing to get us all thinking.
0: Absolutely. Less screens, less phones. Do it like a 30 minute reset before you go in your bedtime routine. Um, you know, just sit there, meditate if you can. I know if you have kids, it's kind of difficult, but kind of reset after they go to bed. Um, find ways to like not binge on Netflix or those type of things. Find ways to listen to soothing music. There's tons of free apps out there with those soothing sounds. Um, I find that red light, um, even in some of the night lights for my children, if you have red light, they say that kind of helps calm the body down a little bit more too. So you can have those uh, those uh, sound machines with some uh, illuminating lights. And they even have those incense machines that you can kind of doze off with a little lavender, Um, something like that. Find ways. Don't just give up on yourself saying I'm not going to be able to get to sleep. There's ways around it. There's ways to do it. You just got to do some research.
1: Yeah. And if it gets to the point where you feel like you need to get some additional medical type advice, I mean, obviously, you can always go that route. And we would actually encourage that because, you know, hopefully we've been covering the fact that sleep is incredibly important for recovery, cognitive function, etc. So if you are the kind of person not getting enough sleep, try some of these things that we're talking about. And if it isn't working, it is an important enough issue where it is worth going to see a doctor and maybe figuring out how you can get better sleep, whether that's through medication or any other means. So this was an important first one to start with, Lex, for sure.
0: Yes. And the best moving on the best. Best antidepressant author is what, Brian? What do you think it is? I would say exercise. And you got it, man. Which stress. is the truth? <laughs> High level stress. If you live a stressful life, stressful job, and you're not getting enough adequate exercise, it's time for you to get into routine to help uh, release those happy endorphins, release those happy happy feelings, so you can be less stressed out. And stress is something that we sometimes we can't avoid, but you can regulate it and you can balance it out. Exercise.
1: Exercise. Here's, Lex, something that sticks with me. When I was an exercise science major at UW Milwaukee, I'll never forget this. I was in an exercise science class. And in that class, we looked at a study that was done. And the study was they took people that were either very anxious or had high levels of depression. And they took two control groups. One of the control groups just took antidepressant pills with no exercise. Another group, just did high-intensity exercise, I think it was four to five days a week. And what they found, the control group that did just the exercise without the antidepressant pills had just as much success in recovering from their depression or their anxiety. That is a real study. Anybody can go Google very similar studies like that. How powerful is that? I mean, that's actual research. So if you're the kind of person that's anxious or maybe you do struggle with some kind of a depression or something like that, which is obviously very serious, exercise alone will make a big difference. And I think Lex would agree because he sees it all the time. You get happier when you're growing, when you're getting fitter, when you're getting stronger, when you're losing body fat. It just gives you that sense of growth, which is going to make you happy. So Lex, I, I don't, I know you agree with all of this. What are your thoughts on this when it comes to exercise and its effect on health?
0: I mean, it's stress, exercise. Every, exercise is your key to everything. It's the most underutilized antidepressant out there, like we were mentioning earlier. Uh, that great research study that Brian was just mentioning, that's just going to give you a little bit more information, a little bit more factual information that you can trust that if you exercise, things are going to go much easier for you in your life. Now, from a stress standpoint, you can be stressed out about not getting to your goals efficiently, things aren't going your way as far as food goes, uh, family life. Again, we mentioned this when it comes to sleep. It's all about resetting, uh, replanning and reprioritizing your goals, finding out what's going to work best for you and where you need to take a step back and where you need to put a little bit more effort in. Um, So sleep, uh, de-stressing yourself with exercise, meditation, books, those type of things are all going to come into play when it comes to uh, getting to your goals. So do you have a lot of stress in your life, Brian? Are you stressed out right now? Is life stressful? You
1: know, there's always stresses in life. <laughs> I think anybody that says that life isn't stressful, I guess maybe if you're like a super good looking model who lives in like, you know, some wonderful country somewhere on the beach, maybe. think crush things, Dua Lipa? Yeah, exactly. My crush Dua Lipa. She is wonderful, by the way. Um, yeah, I mean, everybody has stresses. And. I think the important thing is if you're somebody that has stress, whether that be at work, whether that be with your family, is just to kind of learn to, you got to detach. You basically have to get to the point where maybe when you get to the evening, when it's the end of the day, learning to kind of leave those things as they are. Now, this is easier said than done, obviously, but if work is bothering you, which Sometimes for me, there are stresses at work that come up, whether that be with employees, whether that be with um, members where I work or, you know, hitting goals, whatever the case is. I try to remember it, it doesn't do me any good to worry about it while I'm laying here in bed. All of those things are going to be there the next day. So while I'm laying here in bed, I might as well just focus on something else. I might as well just focus on a good book, a good podcast. And when I wake up in the morning... Those same things are still going to be there,
0: right? I feel like I've gotten less stressed out. Um, I mean, I mean, from an anger standpoint, I've gotten a little bit more able to handle my uh, handle other stresses that try to come my way and ruin my day. I got I've been able to handle those as I've gotten older, better, right? I was a little hothead when I was in my 20s, and and uh, you know things would bother me so much that it would stress you out. And then as you get older, you kind of realize that you know you don't need to w- waste your energy and time on things that are you can't control, right? They say worrying is just it, it, it's pointless because there's nothing you can do to change that outcome. So worrying about things that stress you out. Um, like I tell people when they're stressed out about not getting to their goals or they're not losing weight efficiently or uh, they, they can't come up with healthy foods to eat. It's all about having patience, releasing that stress through exercise and keep following the process because you're going to get to that goal.
1: Was there anything in spe- uh, specifically for you, Lex, where, you know, like you said, you're a little bit of a hothead. You used to you used to worry a little bit more. Was there any like specific strategies or things you did to just really not stress as much? Or was it literally just a mindset where you just said one day, "Eh, I'm just not going to do that anymore? What what was like the epiphany or how did you kind of make that transition?
0: I think having children kind of like put your stress (laughs) somewhere else rather than just in life, because, you know, you have a responsibility and and you being stressed or you ruining a certain customer's experience or you ruining a day for your family just because you're stressed out. It's one of those things that it's not worth it. So uh, being able to talk to good friends. um, I have a good friend that's across the country. So when I'm super stressed out about work, uh, I was able to call him and kind of um, release some of that information and and talk to him about what what ails me and what stresses me out. So having those good conversations with good friends is always something that was able to uh, de-stress me. Uh, Again, exercise obviously, but uh, when you can't do that, it's always good to, to air it out with a good friend.
1: I couldn't agree with you more. I think being able to just talk out your issues out loud, it's just always bad when you hold it inside, right? Right. right. And I would say even as men, I feel like there's a little bit of a stigma where we can't show weakness. Yeah. I mean, it's for everybody too. I don't want to make this just about guys, but I feel like guys sometimes feel like they need to be tougher and, you know, we don't have problems and any problem that we have, we can just hold it in and everything will be fine. But the research is pretty clear that when you hold that stress in, it's going to manifest in some way, whether that be, you know, mental issues or it can actually become physical ailments, things like that. So it is really good to have somebody that you can talk out your issues with. Um, have similar people in your life like you that are in similar industries that you can talk to. Um, I couldn't agree more.
0: Yeah. Big shout out to all the men out there. Look, if you're going through something, if you're, uh, stressed out, if your family's stressing out, work, stressing out, keep going, right? Yep. Keep pushing through, uh, you know, have patience, follow the process, set goals for yourself and you can accomplish anything. Don't give up on yourself. Uh, being a man is tough these days. Hell, being a woman is tough in in their same respect, but uh, being a man is tough. There's tons of responsibilities on our shoulders and uh, to provide for our families and provide for uh, a decent life. So uh, keep going. Keep pressing.
1: I love that message. Keep going, everybody. I think that's great. And if you guys ever um, have any specific questions in terms of, you know, if you want to reach out to Lex and I, we are very active on social media. So if you guys have any questions in terms of if you're struggling with exercise or struggling with anything that's stressing you, obviously we're not doctors or anything, but but yeah, please feel free to reach out to us on social media if you guys ever have any questions or anything. We're always happy to, to answer those, and it might make for a great topic for the podcast as well
0: too. Yeah. Now let's move on to accountability. Uh, That's another uh, high level habit that you need to have in your life. Do you have accountability partners? Is there somebody holding you accountable? Do you have a trainer? Do you have a buddy that you're working out with? Is there somebody that you can check in with, with your goals, when you're feeling frustrated, when you have setbacks and challenges and hurdles, uh, whether that's at work or whether that's in the gym, you're not getting to your goals. Is there somebody holding you accountable to say, Hey, are you logging your food enough? Are you doing the right things? Are you getting enough sleep? Are you de-stressed? Are you stressed out? Who is that person that you can hold you accountable? Is it a friend? Is it a parent? Uh, is it a, a trainer, or a, you know, just a, a buddy that you're working out with? Who is that person for you, and how are you holding yourself accountable?
1: Man, that's a great question. So before i give you the current answer i've had many forms of accountability over the years like i i've had many many personal development coaches that i've worked with uh through the tony robbins company through john maxwell um, that were just wonderful and that was just a really really cool way to have somebody to hold you accountable because they're really focused on helping you grow and they're looking at you as not necessarily a friend they're looking at you as a client and they can be a little bit more real a little bit more honest with you which i really enjoyed Um, so I'm not working with a coach at the moment. So I have a couple things. Number one, I have multiple friends that um, I'm very, very blessed to be able to keep in touch with and talk with and work out issues. Uh, my buddy, Mike, who might be listening right now, shout out to Mike. We talk about things all the time, you know, issues that happen in the workplace, um, management issues, leadership issues. It's really, really nice to have somebody like that um, to talk to. But in terms of accountability. I I really enjoy being accountable to myself. And I know that's kind of a cheesy answer. But um, one of the best quotes from one of my mentors early on that he told me was that leaders do not need to be held accountable, which I thought was really, really cool. So if you're the kind of person that's disciplined, you're the kind of person that has that inner drive, you don't really need somebody to be kind of looking over you and holding you accountable. Now, obviously, it's great. I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I have friends that I keep in touch with in terms of, you know, making sure that we're on track with our fitness goals and our health goals and business goals. That's all great. But at the end of the day, I really enjoy being disciplined to myself and finding ways on how I can stay on track. Um, So, Lex, I would actually ask the same thing to you because I'd be curious. You, You juggle a lot of things, your business, your family. How do you hold yourself accountable? Do you have people in your life? what's kind of your system
0: so it's basically when i step on the scale and um like in terms of fitness if i'm not getting to my goals more as efficiently as i want to or i find like i'm putting too much um stress on myself at work or i'm I'm not doing enough activity wise to hold myself to a standard that i expect my clients to be at that standard as well um like you said i'm kind of with you holding myself accountable it's a good mental exercise to do be like hey you got to get back in the zone you got to refocus and you gotta you gotta do the damn thing because you you you, you've missed a couple workouts or you weren't going as hard as you're used to so that's something that i can handle on my own in terms of fitness Uh, but it's good to have those partners available to work out with uh whether that's a girlfriend whether that's uh brian whether that's a good friend or a trainer that you're working out with uh it's something that you can hold you accountable to kind of push you to that next level in terms of accountability for my clients um i always want to be able to hold them accountable when they sign up for training. Uh, it's part of what you get as the experience here. You get the uh, uh, you, you get the exercises, you get the workout, you get the accountability nutritionally. It's always good to have those important conversations because I feel like that's what they've been missing. Uh, and that's why they haven't been able to stay consistent.
1: Yeah, it just seems like there's incredible power in groups. So people that are similar in nature that are all trying to achieve the same thing. That's what's really cool about like an exercise studio, like a business like what you run, Lex, and where where I work, where, you know, we have these communities of people that are all there. They're all kind of trying to achieve the same thing and feeding off that energy, meeting other people, learning from other people and learning from people's mistakes, learning from people's failures, having people that can check in on you. And um, it's always exciting, too, in the fitness world. There's no better feeling than when you're working out. And somebody walks up to you and says, Hey man, you look great. You can tell. Are you losing weight? Are you putting on muscle? Man, good for you. That's the best kind of accountability there is because now you know that what you're doing is working. And it's very cool when that comes from somebody. So just from a fitness aspect, if you have an accountability partner, I think that's really, really cool.
0: You're more likely to stick with it if you have that accountability. I mean, I've noticed that um, from transitioning to a larger gym where it's harder to hold the members accountable because because there's just so many, Uh, whereas a small studio space, when there's smaller group, um, it's up to the coaches, it's up to the owner, it's up to the whole culture to hold each other accountable because that's how you're going to have that retention. And that's where you're going to keep these clients going because it's easy to fall apart, especially in the summertime when the weather's nice, a lot of stuff going on beer gardens in the summertime, there's fairs, there's carnivals, there's all kinds of things that deter you from your goals. But are you willing to stick with it? And I think with a small group of people that Brian was mentioning earlier, you can go through it. You can still enjoy your life, but you have to come back to the gym and and put that work in.
1: Yeah. And you said it exactly, Lex, which is when when all those um, outside stimulus is coming in like nice weather and reasons to not go to the gym and reasons to not do the right thing. Those accountability partners are awesome. That's just nice to have one additional person that can kind of be there in your ear going, hey, man, we said we were going to the gym today. We said we have a goal. We said we were going to each lose 20 pounds by this day next month. I don't care if it's nice outside. Um, I don't care if Wahlburgers has a special today. You can't eat that burger today. We are we are eating healthy like we said we were. That is really, really fun. So, um, you know, ultimately, like we said, you should be accountable to yourself But it definitely doesn't hurt to have extra tools and and having an accountability partner or being a part of a group or a gym or a studio. That is awesome accountability to help.
0: And you made a good point earlier. It's like not let's not use exercise as a form of punishment, right? Like you ate terrible one day and now you feel like you have to do 100 push push-ups, or you have to run two miles just because you ate a, a wall burger. It shouldn't be that way. I still want you to enjoy your life, but you have to hold yourself accountable in terms of staying within that calorie deficit. If you have these goals, you have to make sure that you're getting in the gym, you're putting in that work 45 minutes. Uh, You're doing more for yourself, but you're still allowing yourself to have have fun, enjoy the foods that you love and, uh, you know, hold yourself accountable by showing up to the gym the next day. And it shouldn't be a form of punishment. You should just go on with your routine.
1: Yeah. So for everybody listening, let's focus on accountability for one last uh, moment here Take some inventory. You know, what are you doing in your life to be accountable? Whether that be to yourself, are you writing things down? Do you have a journal? Uh, Do you record your thoughts somewhere? Um, Do you pray or or do you have is prayer important to you? Uh, Do you have accountability friends? Do you have people that you can communicate with and talk to? Take some time to think about that and analyze uh, the conversation that Lex and I just had and think, what can I do to add some more accountability to my life? So hopefully you guys will take some time to do that today.
0: And and you do a lot of research after being in business so long, you find out what makes people stay and what makes people uh, find their way out. And it's usually the people that are more involved with the group that tend to stay longer because they found that accountability. They found that, that purpose and they found like-minded individuals with like-minded problems and, and like like like-minded issues going on, health injuries and low back injuries and knees and hips. And they find that they're not by themselves. And they have people like them that are out there and it makes them feel like welcome. It makes them feel like, uh, you know, I'm not the only one with these issues and and I can still lose weight like this this next person did. So that's awesome. A lot of good stuff. So lastly, um, another high level habit to maintain your fit you and happier you and healthier you is being hydrated as Brian takes a swig of water. How much is appropriate, Brian? How much water do you think is appropriate for a person to drink male and female? How much should they be drinking a day?
1: I've heard so many different metrics and ways to look at this in terms of, you know, you should be drinking your body weight in ounces of water. Um, You should drink, you know, eight glasses of eight ounces a day. Um, There are some mentors that I've had in my life that had said you literally should be sipping water like every 15 minutes. You should have water that you're taking in. Here's the bottom line, and you should be taking in probably way more water than you are. I would assume everybody listening right now, and even probably Lex and I, do not take in enough water that we probably should. And I think, you know, Lex and I being fairly healthy and being in the industry, I think we both drink a lot of water. But that is an important, important thing. We talked about sleep earlier. Hydration is one of the most important things that you can possibly do. And again, that's going to relate to your ability to sleep your ability to digest, your ability to um function all of your bodily organs everything relies on water and relies on hydration so the, at the end of the day what is the the actual metric the one that i've always heard and lex i'd be interested in your opinion on this being more on the trainer end i've always heard like body weight in ounces which is an enormous amount of water but um what would you say in your opinion would be kind of the standard right now in the industry that would be recommended
0: 90 ounces of water a day for women, 120 ounces a day for men. There you go. There you go. I mean, that's the standard that I've stuck with. Obviously, uh, different activity levels and different energy levels and different body uh, types um, require different needs for hydration. Your body is 70% water. So if you're not getting enough water as it is, there's a problem right there. If you're not getting to your goals, you're not losing weight efficiently, you might wanna take a step back and look at your hydration levels. Are you consuming enough water? I get it, it's not the tastiest thing to do, but um, you obviously haven't tried our water here. Um, so you, if you have to flavor it up a little bit with a little no calorie thing, a little no calorie flavoring, do so. You know, Whatever's gonna keep you hydrated, whatever's gonna keep you going, obviously pure water is the best water, but if you have to do it that way, do whatever you need to do to get the water intake in. Look, your body is so much water and to not get enough water is just it, it, you're 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 missing out. You're missing out.
1: Yeah, that's the truth. And, you know, we talked about you were just talking about good water, Lex. This is where a lot of people give me crap. But I, I'm just going to say this right now. Lex, you have great water at, at your facility. There's no doubt about it. I will I will stand by this Fiji water is the greatest water of all time. And. I, I go out of my way to buy that water and it is a little bit more expensive and I get made fun of for it by my family and lots of other people but it, you know water is so important to me that I'm willing to spend that extra money um, and especially when it's water that comes from a natural underground spring that has not been treated it hasn't been touched by human hands or um, interfered with um, there's no pollution or anything it comes from like, way, way underground. I appreciate the minerals that come with that water um, and how it's just naturally the way that was intended. Um, So that gets me to drink the water because when I drink Fiji water, I just think it tastes amazing. Now, that doesn't mean that I don't drink Aquafina, Dasani and other filtered waters and things, but that's just to emphasize the the importance that I put on water. And I know Lex feels the same way because he's got a, a machine that he invested in, and I will attest it is fantastic water that he has. So do what you got to do to get it to taste good. You know, crystal light, little things like that, that you can kind of squirt into the water to make it taste better. Those are little things that you can do.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So we heard a lot about what's going to make a healthier, happier and fitter you um, in 2023. So are you doing these things? Like I, like Brian mentioned uh, a number of times, take inventory, find out what you need to do to make those changes. Uh, take a listen to this podcast over again and understand that we want you to get more sleep, have less stress uh, exercise regularly find an accountability partner and if you're holding yourself accountable make sure that you're changing those goals and aspirations and make sure you're setting the bar high for yourself to keep yourself engaged and also are you getting enough hydration you want to know the best fat loss tips it's eat enough protein drink enough water be in a calorie deficit get 10,000 steps daily live four times a week get strong and be ruthlessly consistent with your daily routine how's that brian
1: that sounds great, man. I'm ready to run out of here. I'm motivated. I want to go work out right
0: now. This this topic got me all pumped up now. So yeah, we're going to be doing some great things. Uh, we took a dive back into the fitness realm here of what we're both comfortable with. And yeah, again, it's a wellness. It's a lifestyle podcast. It's a fitness podcast. And if you can connect all these pillars of health and wellness, uh, we're going to determine that you're going to live the best version of you.
1: That's right. And we humbly ask, as we do every week, if you really enjoyed today's episode, if you felt that it was helpful, if it got you thinking, and maybe if you'd even took one or two things away today that you thought were good ideas, do us a favor and share this podcast with somebody. Send it to a friend, send it to a family member, tag somebody in it on social media whatever you want to do just help us get the word out Lex and I are really passionate about health and fitness about lifestyle and we really want to get the message out so we appreciate your support and also too if you can give us a subscribe on iTunes or Spotify wherever you listen to podcasts and also leave us a review that helps us out big time and we really appreciate all your support and appreciate you listening
0: drop us a like on Facebook Instagram we're all over Twitter now we are just blowing up our social media journey here. So, uh, we're hoping to make as big as uh, Joe Rogan one day. Oh, think? we're going to be big. We'll be
1: bigger than Joe Rogan for sure. I think my nose is getting longer as I'm saying that right now, but yeah,
0: <laughs> we really enjoy these conversations and we really enjoy you listening. So next week, uh, we have a special guest, uh, one of my uh, trainers at the facility. He's going to take us through his journey, uh, and his preparation for becoming a trainer and, uh, his journey so far and, uh, what he's encountered. And, uh, his triumphs, his challenges and successes. And uh, uh, he's been with us a short time. And uh, I'd be curious to see what uh, what's in his head and what's in store for his future.
1: Is he the guy uh, that coined the phrase big ass salad? Was that <laughs> him that came up with that or was that you?
0: That was me, that, not him.
1: Oh, I was going to give him credit for it. I was going to try to give the audience a nice tease for next week. But uh, I guess we'll talk about that more next week. Now you got to listen next <laughs> week to know what big ass salad means.
0: Thank you so much, guys. Have a great week and thanks for listening.
1: Have a good one.